Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agitator. Son of Today a bitch. On the show. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. I took a deep breath, bro. I was just stepping on my shit. No, go ahead. No, it's all you. All right. We're here in the present day, present time, talking about serial experiments lane, the very simple Lynchian anime series from 1998 that is based on the life in times of Jesus Christ in the form of an e-girl lane to talk about this. We have returning guests, all-stars, Jack Mason and Ren Collier. How's everyone doing today? I'm really depressed because I sat in all day watching anime. (laughs) (laughs) That's the surest way to get depressed of any. No, I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm fucking wore out because I've been remodeling my basement. So I've been watching anime and remodeling. <laughs> You're doing something productive, at least. <laughs> I was just staring at images of sad girls on the computer for <laughs> like five hours. Big sad eyes reflecting mm-hmm. the wired. Talking yeah. slowly. <laughs> <laughs> that haunting music and everything. I love that all of us binged for this episode. Like mm-hmm. we just... I think that Lane is like has to be watched in a binge state. Now that I did it, I watched it all last night. It infected my dreams and uh, kind of colored my mood for today, which was appropriate because it was drizzly rainy, which is weird for Oklahoma. But uh, I don't get how people might watch this show like an episode at a time. You know, see that's how I would prefer it. Like I really like 20 minutes of this a week would be exactly enough. I like, I love like one half hour episode of a show a week. Like it was, it was fine to bend because that's how everyone watches everything these days. But you know, just a, just a little taste uh, per week spread out over 13 weeks, I think would be, be quite good. But oh, see with this, I would disagree because I think that this one like is just, the repetition of the images and you know the theme song and i actually skip the theme song not gonna lie every time but uh you know just the constant power lines and buzzing and uh i don't know it it felt really trippy after about two hours of it not the best theme song i skipped it i which i never do with tv shows i skipped it quite a bit but first you know i was watching this for free on funimation and I refused to like enter my information to do a free trial. So first I was watching it with the commercials for the first like, <laughs> five episodes oh. and I could not handle it. They make the, the, the most torturous like Fortnite commercials with like masked people with mohawks. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was rough getting through those commercials. Um, but I finally gave in about episode six and signed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched, I watched, I was watching, uh, I forget what I was watching when I did a free trial of, uh, it was Crunchyroll before Funimation and then they merged and it was a 30 minute episode of some bullshit, whatever. And there were six ads, six yeah. breaks for ads. There are, uh, I think four breaks with six ads on each break. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. don't sign mm-hmm. up. Jesus Christ. I finally found a free stream of it. Um, so I managed to avoid the ads. I tried watching them with Funimation at first, but it was just like, um, yeah, the, the ads are torturous and I'm not going to sign up. So 
<laughs> I had intended on getting the Blu-ray, uh, but then they came down to the wire and it was just too late. So yeah. I actually liked the theme song. I don't know. Like I, I watched it almost every episode. I had to start like near the end. I started skipping in, but um, I remember when I first watched this show and I was like in high school, I loved the, I don't know. It's, it's like that uh, late nineties kind of indie rock girl band sound that you have a weird obsession with. Yeah. It's, it's just not worthy of this show. Like I get <laughs> like the kind of like Lilith fair vibe of the song, but it just doesn't have a hook. And then after, you know, watching like Evangelion, which has like the best oh, song yeah. ever that you never get out of your head. I'm like this kind of morbid Lilith Fair theme is not fitting. And the mu- actual music in the show is like a lot better than the theme song. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Oh, the like, soundtrack yeah. of this show is such a fucking banger. It's so mm-hmm. good. Just like this dark kind of shoegazy guitar tone kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you get to episode 11 and it's just noodling for eight minutes. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a real, it's some really crazy soundtrack decisions on this. Uh, for listeners, we are talking about 1998's Serial Experiments Lane. Um, it's a pretty well-known anime, I think, in some circles. It's about a girl <clears throat> who gets on the internet and then shit happens. Um, in terms of plot synopsis, there are 13 episodes and a, uh, a kind of timid young schoolgirl uh, is asks her father to buy her a computer so she can get linked up to the wired, which is this show's version of the internet. And then uh, eventually finds out that she's a, a, a Tulpa computer program god that has been uh, made specifically to link the world of reality with uh, the world of the internet. So quick synopsis. I was really happy to finally watch this because it's followed me around for like 25 years. Uh, Cause back in the day, people would tell you to watch this and Ava and I've, you know, seen Ava a million times, but I, I just never got around to this. Cause I, it, from the cover it just looked like schoolgirls or something so um mm-hmm. a schoolgirl and a gate um so i was very happy to finally go through this um i can see why it's such a classic uh the imagery of technology and the way that um it uh deals with being too online is incredibly forward thinking um to an almost insane degree because like who was even addicted to the internet in 1998 for them to like nobody extrapolate this because the internet was just like in carta then and like you know maybe like chatting with someone on aim Mm -hmm. um i especially love the first several episodes where it's more grounded in the real world i like that more than when it spins off into the surreal conspiracy land and this is unusual because most shows like Ava or like Twin Peaks or something follow this pattern of establishing the real world and being relatively normal for the majority of it and then going off into a psychedelic crazy land but this only gives you like two or three episodes of the real world to get situated in and then it's just constant um who am I where am I what am I floating in space um type things after that so it's definitely a different structure 
right like the uh the shooting in the club takes place in like the third episode right second oh, yeah second like, episode i mean my my favorite parts are um the early like highly retarded lane where she can't complete a sentence um <laughs> and her little red computer and uh receiving all the packages of the new computer um i like when her dad is real and not yet revealed to be like a hologram or whatever <laughs> Um, the mother is especially memorable like what's going on with that mother and her like pink fish lips is she on drugs (laughs) Ren well like so part of the whole thing about it being about being extremely online and that not making sense for the time is because it's like it's actually like a Japanese cultural thing in that around the turn of the century, like around 1998, 99, like when this came out, um, there were a bunch of different pieces of media that were about similar concepts, especially like, you know, the first couple episodes of Lane really focus on like rumors and how rumors get spread and then like can and can change sort of how reality is perceived. Um, like that's a major aspect of Metal Gear Solid 2, which comes out in 2001. Um, mainly because of the input of Tomokazu Fukushima. Um, it was also a big element in uh, Persona 2, like this idea of rumors and stuff. And apparently, from what I understand, it's it's like because of cell phone culture, like Japan had like advanced, not like smartphones, but like more advanced cell phones than the U.S. did um, back then. And there was like a huge problem with like people like spreading rumors about classmates and stuff on like over cell phones and like communicating with each other via cell phone like texting programs and stuff was like huge at that point um but it does kind of like it is very forward looking because it it kind of like a lot of people look at like metal gear solid 2 as as another example of this it kind of like predicting how uh reality was going to get fucked by the uncontrolled spread of like memes basically online but it's it's weird it's like uh it's almost like a very specific kind of thing but it it does like presage all the issues we're dealing with nowadays i think it's cool that the gossip is a problem when everyone finds out that alice is having the affair with the teacher but Mm -hmm. alice because lane evaporates herself onto the internet and the rumors never spread and history is reversed alice gets a happy ending where she's married to the teacher that she was (laughs) She was having an affair with an eighth grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all turned out all right. In the end. Yeah, I like how Lane's suicide, literally, everybody has like a happier existence once Lane's deleted herself. She's such system. a drag. <laughs> yeah, because like through watching a lot of the show, I I did I did love it, but whenever there would be dialogue. And somebody would be talking to Lena. I'd be like, just talk. But like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Like, just talk. Even if you're not saying anything, like, just talk. That's uh, that's podcasting 101, right? Like, you just you just have to keep talking. And to watch somebody who's uh, just going to sit there and be like, uh, uh, a lot of eyeball twitching in this. The team, English dub lane is hyper retarded when they're just speaking in Japanese and you're reading subs, uh, which mm-hmm. I did when I had to watch it for free. Um, it's more abstracted, so it's less, uh, you know, it just seems like, oh, they're being Japanese, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But the but the English dub lane is like, <laughs> m- m- me? 
<laughs> I sort of wonder, like, thinking about the, some of the revelations at the end of the series, if that isn't almost supposed to be on purpose, like, because the idea is that, like, Lane has no singular since <laughs> she kind of just exists uh, based on everyone's, like, interpretation of what she should be or what she would be like. And since Alice doesn't know her at all when she first meets her, like, it would make sense that Lane is, like, completely unable to communicate because she's, she's just a blank slate to Alice. But then, like, you know, in the club, like, there are people who know this, like, kind of, like, hot-headed, very well-spoken Lane. And then as the series progresses, like, she's able to, like, communicate more effectively because it's, like, uh, she's, like, established in the minds of these people. Yeah, she has a glow up and she yeah. becomes social. <laughs> <laughs> Something that couldn't uh, escape my mind, like from right when I started watching this, was I knew that this was popular with like e girls because of like Zach's summary, um, the sort of e girls that think they're like Laura Palmer and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, I can totally see why this like fried so many like dumpy nerd girls' brains. Um, because you like imagine you know by being like antisocial and like not rude and not responding to people's inquiries that you're actually like a charming little anime girl so yeah i can see if like my dumpy 13 year old daughter was watching this when i came home i would be like oh shit like (laughs) oh here we go here we go here we go she's gonna think she's like the internet god Oh, is is Lane the Christ lover? Is that is yeah, that what this yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I did her. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm on my fainting couch, and I'm you know I have like all these problems. But it's I'm another also... phase of Amelie syndrome, where like uh, Amelie, the the French movie Amelie, like really afflicted millennial girls' brains, where they all thought that being like kind of like rude and not talking made them mysterious in French. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a similar thing. I've met these girls actually. This was a real phenomena when I was, uh, you know, coming of age at that time, where it was just like, why is she not talking? Like, why is she not saying anything? You know, she's like drawing pictures in her notebook, and you know, she's like the it's like the Donnie Darko but reversed. You know, yeah, like it's like like dudes had Donnie Darko and girls had Lane, and uh, and there you go. Why are these? fat girls at Panera Bread not talking to each other and just saying (laughs) (laughs) oh bro and just like Donnie Darko it's like once he's dead the world is like oh phew yeah there was this whole string of movies right where like once the protagonist is gone everything turns out okay it's like you you are the actual problem very pro-suicide movies well they do it in um the Ava rebuilds as well which where uh you know the ending of that is that like history is erased and Ava never existed so everyone's happy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a really weird message to give to uh (laughs) to your viewers it's like you know what because like in, in american movies you overcome you uh you know through the power of will and strength and cunning and wit you you rise above it you defeat the bad stuff and then in, in a lot of this Japanese media, it's like, you know what? If you killed yourself, everything would be <laughs> so much fucking better, dude. Well, I mean, in the Ava example, that's mainly Hideaki Anno just being like, I wish to fucking God I'd never created Evangelion. I'm like still making Evangelion shit like 20 years later and I'm tired of it. So Yeah, there's that. But, you know, it's also like this kind of 
suicide like metaverse like galaxy brain ending has become like the dominant sort of narrative mode for television the last like 15 mm-hmm. 20 years everything is like super tricky and sophisticated and like mind-blowing and all of this to the point where now uh television writers have forgotten how to make like a straightforward uh compelling narrative without mm-hmm. doing any like you know killing anyone off or doing some galaxy brain trickery where nothing ever existed but in 1998 or this and ava and stuff like Twin Peaks, it was totally new. And, like, television was still pretty square at that point. I'm trying to get back to that, honestly. That's why I have signed up for a Funimation account, and I'm trying to watch a lot of anime. Hopefully it doesn't have, you know, too much of the suicide themes or whatever. Because I'm trying to get back to that retarded aspect of uh, creation where things just get solved through the protagonist actually figuring shit out instead of killing themselves or like, I mean, for me, that kind of shit even started back with a uh, fight club, you know, because, Oh yeah. And I mean, that's the fight club is the American version of this where, uh, well, what you got to do to fix the problem is actually, you know, take yourself out, which, uh, you know, he well, and that does. kind of trick ending where you're either dead, you know, or, you kill yourself or whatever that was so huge in the late 90s and early 2000s because the sixth sense came out Mm -hmm. get a gay guy to say the sixth sense the fifth fifth Um, (laughs) (laughs) that movie came out um and and, you know of course the twist is that bruce willis is dead or whatever um and then every other movie had that same twist like there was the others with nicole kidman everything it's a good movie though yeah you know there was plenty of good stuff but it was just Mm -hmm. like a huge trope of the late 90s early 2000s was a twist ending where actually they're dead or actually it was a dream even like Mulholland Drive and everything you know it's essentially a a psychedelic cop-out like Mm -hmm. with Mulholland Drive he took a tv pilot and just added like a trippy ending where the characters are mixed up and so Mm -hmm. you're like whoa man I never seen anything that weird um (laughs) But now, like, I really just want a return to um, straightforward, like, effective storytelling (laughs) once again. Like, it's all in the present, which is actually, that brings me to my point about Lane, which uh, I did a lot of kind of Google searching about Lane after I watched it to see if anybody had written some of the things that I was thinking about it. And nobody has because all of the Internet's uh, perception of Lane is... Uh, so when you Google it, the first things that pop up are what mental illness does Lane have? <laughs> and <laughs> the little girls should not be allowed to watch this. I can see what it should be kept behind glass only for adult men. <laughs> but listen, an adult man wrote an article for the ringer for the ringer that was going through the series. And, you know, there are some choice quotes. I mean, I don't really know if we need to go too deep into this article, but I was reading it. And it was all basically from the perspective of this is a person who has a mental illness and they're like projecting or imagining all these things happening around them. But to the point of, you know, wanting to get back to a kind of storytelling where everything is real, the way that I experienced Lane was as something that was actually real, right? So to me, the, the idea that this girl was just, you know, crazy, and imagining all this shit and was actually, you know, in a mental hospital somewhere, it like never crossed my mind. 
that's something I, for dumb people like that's something right. like literally like letterbox tier like youtube tier like dumb let's find the bloopers like, what if it's a dream i i, I yeah. view everything as real like every narrative yeah. right regardless right. of whatever the twist is like i view it as real and like kind of linear yeah. Right. So this this article in The Ringer is basically trying to talk. It's talking about how it predicted web culture and stuff. But there was a specific part where the, the author keeps saying, like, and through all of this lane, she never logged off. And I was like, you fucking dumbass. Like, she she can't log off. She's part of the program. Like, how did you miss this? She's a literal part of the wired that is meant to be a bridge between these two worlds. She can't turn it off. OK, but like hot, hot take. I really like just the domestic moments in this where it's like the father is all happy that she's showing an interest in computers and buys her new computer. I like that more than when it turns into Akira and Tetsuo and, you know, mm-hmm. or like lab is over- overflowing with like green tubes of fluid and whatever. Um, imagine, imagine if that was like Christ Lover's bedroom. It was like the just all these tubes. And like yes, <laughs> God, th- that type of girl should never be allowed to see this. You walk into Christ Lover's bedroom and like your feet hit water. You're like splash, 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 splash. Okay, something serious. And she can do nothing about it because she's too tired and she's too yeah, logged she's, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Well, I, I, fr- from my perspective, I, th- all that stuff is fine but I'm definitely a sucker for the weirdo shit. So I definitely, I got, I got engaged around uh, episode five, which was distortion. I liked episode four with the, uh, the kind of Minecraft game (laughs) where (laughs) people were, were killing kids because uh, this, this programming code got mixed up with like this kind of combat shooter mixed with like a, a kid's game of tag. Oh, that was sick. That was my favorite visual in the whole where it was that very primitive first person shooter, yeah. like hallway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was really sick. Those little mazes always work on like freaking me out because they freaked me out as a kid when they first existed. Like that, uh, that really low res doom style, like yeah. sort of screams screensaver maze, like always freaked me out. They're so dark and so claustrophobic. It made video games feel really sinister when like that was the only kind of 3D that you could experience. Yeah, really claustrophobic. And like the the close like horizon, the like Silent Hill, like close black horizon where you can't see anything past that. Yeah. I mean, that whole episode was very like, uh, like J, like uh, that's something I mentioned to you guys on Twitter before. I was thinking like rewatching this, the first, four episodes are like very j-horror like it reminds you i mean i can understand why he, uh, that other guy did the comparison with pulse because it's mm-hmm. like there's just so much imagery in it that i feel like i've seen in, in movies like that it, it was also enlightening to uh, see that the creator was influenced by the exorcist because there is a lot of the exorcist oh, yeah. especially when the I think it's Alice starts seeing, or the sister starts seeing like words, prophetic words spelled out in her McDonald's coffee and stuff yeah. like that. Some of this, the, the scariest shit was also the goofiest to me. So in episode nine, when the Freddy Krueger alien shows up, that really unnerved me. <laughs> oh, I thought okay. that was a, uh, that was really weird. And then also just the kind of weird, amorphous, slightly human-like uh, blobs would show up. I didn't fuck with that at all. 
like when she's talking to them episode nine i think was the scariest for me because there's like the people made out of static with like just their lips or just an ear or oh, just yeah. an eye. the black face lips i love the, the black <laughs> yeah. face lips that would appear <laughs> wow people less talented people than lane can only manifest as black face lips mm-hmm. and the wire <laughs> they're like how can you have a whole body <laughs> most people can only manage these blackface lips <laughs> oh the, but the, the, yes david the the alien was really startling because you don't in a in something as weird as this you don't expect like a regular like roswell new mexico like gray alien to appear mm-hmm. and so it felt like this is like violation it was really scary um yeah. when uh god or whatever his name is in the show appears and he's clearly influenced by michael jackson like the the white the white face the right. long black hair the random bandages all, i didn't get look, that i didn't get that at all looks like michael jackson true. totally the bandages especially in the open the bandages shirt. are where he got run over by the train yeah but like michael jackson had like random bandages as like a fashion accessory oh right right yeah like because he because he was melting but it was appropriate like that that character's face is really scary um i i especially like the like documentary portions where it's talking about like john lilly and like the like computer history and all of this like i found that really cool and i think that that's a big red herring for people trying to you know online kind of sleuth out what the series is about i felt like they were just kind of using the john lilly stuff to get to where they were with the wired which doesn't make any sense obviously it's it's just it's kind of just there but it's just I, a I, distraction I kinda... from the essential message that the world would be better off if you killed yourself <laughs> i kind of disagree david because i think like I don't know that that protocol is my favorite episode just because of all the weird conspiracy shit that it brings in. Like that's my favorite too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But like the reason, and I may be reading too much into this, but like, I think Chiaki Kanaka is like a smart guy and he's like definitely hooked into some of this shit to the point where he's like making a show that includes it. Um, But like the inclusion of MJ 12, I think was kind of like not quite a red herring, but um, it's him pointing something out. Cause like, it's been known for a while now that mj12 was a fucking forgery and he kind of like mentions that in the in the documentary section too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that mj12 was like specifically uh like a psyop created by i think air force office of special intelligence um as part of this like larger campaign to understand how information could spread between groups like because like especially like alan dulles was really fascinated with ufos not from the perspective of like whether or not they were aliens or even real but how like ufo culture worked right like how these ideas could be spread amongst like populations right and like as a as an avenue into like controlling like a population's like perception of reality and so i think like him including the mj12 and like roswell stuff because roswell's the same way like nobody fucking remembered roswell and or even gave it like two looks until like i think like the 19 late 1970s or so um when those like there were a couple books that came out about roswell and the guys who wrote those books were like being fed info by air force osi as like a part of the psyop and i think him including that is kind of like him pointing and being like 
the history of the internet and like communications networks are inexorably linked to both like mass psyop programs and stuff like MK Ultra and also and, and aliens dude yeah. not to I, I don't I think that's <laughs> a really good point and I don't want to derail it but one of the formative experiences of my like preteen years was watching that alien autopsy documentary oh yeah you guys remember that shit <laughs> yeah that's good that shit scared the fuck out of me because they look so weird mm-hmm. I just hate I just hate how they look yeah, dude, when the part, the alien scene in Lane, when I was a like teenager watching it, scared the fuck out of me because I was like convinced that I was being abducted by aliens when I was like a teenager because well, I that, watched like well, too much X Files. Well, there's and uh, that actually reminded because Lane reminds me in a lot of ways of The Invisibles in a lot of strange ways, mm-hmm. but uh, the inclusion of the Greys in it, I was like, okay, there's a little bit of Grant Morrison in this, yeah, because it doesn't it doesn't have to be there. Right. Like it's a, it's an interest. I still, I, I do think it's kind of a tangential point to the whole narrative. I get what you're saying too, but once I saw the grays, I was like, this guy read the invisibles. It gets, that, it gets um, mentioned before. There's a couple times where she's like listening to like rumors on the wired and yeah, right, right, right. Like some girl or some like woman's voice says, uh, this small child in a red and green striped shirt keeps entering my room at night and like, I'm unable to move or whatever. Yeah, it's also so, like a clear like Freddy Krueger nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, right. You know. Yeah, like it is. Yeah, I think it's like this idea that these rumors and stuff are sort of bleeding over into reality. Okay. Yeah, that, it's part that, of the fabric of the world. Like you know, whenever people are like, what does it mean? It's like it means that these things exist within this world. Like what? It doesn't have. It doesn't necessarily relate to like some puzzle of the whole of who is Lane. It's mm-hmm. more like just elements of uh, the internet and the world and like the the fabric being torn apart between the two that alien autopsy type media was so ubiquitous on tv in the late 80s and early 90s and it was all uh mixed up with like unsolved mysteries and um like the then very fashionable um recovered rape memory uh mm-hmm. ideology so it had this like sexual angle um that always like unsettled me so much and i hated all that stuff as a kid it would be on tv all the time um and uh mysterious skin uh like intertwines those two things perfectly the book and the movie um but yeah just the 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 ubiquity of the actual like gray alien in the late 90s was like i love that it's just thrown in there and in lane (laughs) yeah i mean you have communion by whitley streber come out in the the 80s and have that just like gray on the cover like it's like this like striking image and i mean that's where the whole like anal probe thing comes from is from that book because at one point during an abduction like they they stick something in his ass and like the, all of the communion books have like a, a distinctly like sexual angle to all of his interactions with the, the aliens or whatever. Yeah, they're porny. Yeah. yeah. Mysterious Skin is one of the movies that I think, you know, people talk about Irreversible, but Mysterious Skin was that for me. And it's just a scene where he's giving the guy a massage, the guy with all like the lesions on his body. You remember that part? Oh, really? It's that part? 
Yeah, that fucked me up, dude. See, it I saw like... it in the theater with no idea what was happening at the Dobie in Austin, and I was in high school, and I was depressed for like a month after that. <laughs> it was, it wasn't the lesion well, the whole, scene; it was the, the fisting. But, <laughs> I mean, that's bad too. But uh, I mean, but, it's the best thing Greg Araki ever did, and it, it, as an adaptation, it's exactly like the book. It's one of the best, you know, like one-one adaptations of a book. Yeah, I didn't read the book, but I yeah that that part where ah man, I don't know, I don't know. There's the because there's something so intimate about it, you know, mm-hmm. but also so like the body decaying. There are ways to communicate to viewers that you're going to die, um, and largely in movies that's communicated by showing people dying. But uh, I think that that movie did it in a much more uh, interesting way there by like just kind Mm -hmm. of showing this kind of i don't know body horror always gets to me i'm actually a total pussy who actually hasn't watched a lot of cronenberg because the cronenberg that i do watch uh it fucks me up (laughs) like i I get i get too scared have you watched crimes of the future no no because i actually um i watched uh cosmopolis and i had to turn it off because i was uh I was too freaked out. Crimes of the Future is brilliant and everybody hates it. And I'm kind of happy about that because I don't have to hear about it. I've seen the ads, bro. Bro, I've seen the ads where they like, it's like a dude with like ears sewn sewn on his face and shit. Yeah. Like, or something like that. And I'm like, no, it's it's the moment. "Eh." I was glad that everybody failed the test there because it came out and everybody, you know, Cronenberg is so trendy right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody, and then everybody had a little opinion about it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes, they all hate it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I'm not rushing out. To it's speak. brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. But I, but I do, I do. Uh, his, like, I love history of violence and Eastern promises, which are like the safe kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> safe. Eastern promises, dude, has like, I mean, the best naked fight scene ever put on film. You know, the people walked out of the theater when I saw that at a multiplex. Like oh, because Vigo, was, people. Vigo yeah, was, was, was balls out. Yeah, it was 2008, and a whole bunch of people walked out during that scene. Nobody walked out on that one. The only movies I've been to where people walked out were uh, uh, Nope when I saw it recently, uh, and uh, Bruno when with the swinging dick. Oh yeah, I saw Bruno I saw it three I, times in the theater, and people walked out each time. I I saw it with a theater full of black people, and they were walking out there like, "We ain't doing this gay shit, bro." That, like, gay, that gay shit will get them. You know what else had walkouts? It was Wolf of Wall Street. After two and a half hours of like drug fueled depravity, it was the gay orgy that's like, you know, 10 <laughs> seconds. They walked out during that. Yeah, people oh, don't man. fuck with that gay shit, bro. Yeah. I was on uh I was on ecstasy when I went and watched Wolf of Wall Street. And the friend I was with, like, we're both just rolling and we're sitting there like totally in it, like on the edge of our seats. Like I get, I think I watched it again later and was like, this really is a long ass movie. But at the time I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like, Oh fuck. Yeah. (laughs) It, it has this like sledgehammer intensity, especially when it came out, there was, there was nothing like that. And there was nothing that utilized, um yet like early 2000s kind of music in that way you know how the whole soundtrack is like early 2000s like punk pop punk type Mm. stuff you know (laughs) that was pretty brilliant so what's your favorite what's everyone's favorite piece of uh lane technology because all of the everyone's computer is totally different Mm -hmm. um 
I think for me, I like her initial red like children's computer that has. I like her Palm Pilot. The Palm Pilot is it for me? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Where she just that little round like a like makeup mirror shaped thing with the like the holographic letters and shit. Oh yeah, that reminds me of the uh, the e reader in it follows that's the best part of that movie where it's like a little shell shaped compact and the girl is like reading on it um i love when like a regular like real life computer shows up at the end like the the teal imac yeah (laughs) suddenly shows up alice has the imac yeah (laughs) she's just she's just existing in reality Mm -hmm. and she's like okay i like her dad's rig it, yeah, oh, with all yeah. the screens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that room is such a dream. That's like the vaporwave dream where it's just a couch with an ashtray and then this big, <laughs> like, six monitor rig. Yeah. I think uh, uh, my favorite is two setups where one is Lane when she gets all like super psycho, like, <laughs> ha- has that huge setup with the cables running fucking everywhere and the liquid jars and all that shit and then also the uh the old man who wants her to fix his setup where it's just this empty ass room and that that old gateway computer sitting yeah, and there. there's like a there's like a rotate a rotary phone yeah there. yeah yeah i had forgotten like i don't know there was something weirdly nostalgic about watching the show the sound of like uh hard drives clicking yeah and- yeah. Like it's like a constant background. The element. sound of the fan. Uh, yeah, like I had forgotten about that chirping sound of the hard drive and the fan. Like it, the Foley effects for this are actually really amazing. They're really vivid, and it's not. It doesn't feel like it's like stock Foley effects. Um, they all feel really like fresh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the uh, the electric humming too, which is. So that frequency that you're not supposed to hear is something that you like feel i um it was giving me like ptsd because we've had a ton of uh bad storms in the past few years that have like really fucked up our one just blew up our ac unit uh when lightning struck outside and then there was like a we had some damage from like hurricane shit but there was humming that would like coming from the attic that same like frequency that sort of told us but besides like before it got hot as fuck and we realized wow the ac doesn't work there was like this humming just buzzing through the house and whenever it started happening in the show i kept pausing and like trying to listen like what the fuck is going on (laughs) i was actually surprised uh at the relatively compared to what I was expecting a uh, small amount of uh, late nineties, Japanese, like Christian anti-Christian religiosity, you know, cause like everything like Xenogears and Ava at that time would have just like massive like crosses and everyone would have to kill God and stuff. And this like has the Michael Jackson God guy, but it doesn't have uh, the usual like, spinning glowing crucifixes uh only yeah, a few. it's not it's not overt but i did read this as a christian story uh i actually because of lane's status as a being that 
is a program who is manifested in the flesh to link the worlds of the wired and the world of reality together. I did see that as kind of a Jesus thing, but it was an interesting take on the Christian story because in this version of the story, she actually uh, kills God and she kills God by uh, introducing him to the idea of paradox, (laughs) which is, you know, it's what makes things uh, exist in our world, right? And killing God is, of course, the other stock Japanese anime and RPG plotline, like every single Final Fantasy and all mm-hmm. of that. The plotline is that you have to kill God. Um, yep. yep. Yeah. And in and, and, and this one, all she has to do is just present God with a paradox and he immediately erupts in a, you know, geyser, a, like a Akira, you know, <laughs> flesh mound because he's like, wait a minute, wait, but, I do exist because I can, I can become flesh and it's this grotesque, you know, series of eyeballs and whatever. And I thought, I I really thought that that was uh, very poetic and cool that uh, you just have to confuse this kind of wannabe God for a second. And they're in, like they have to encounter the primordial. The reason we're all here is based on, you know, paradox and once you bring that up to God himself, he becomes an Akira monster and disintegrates. I thought that was yeah, really he's, cool. He's sort of like a demiurge figure, right? Because right. he's like, a, he, he believes that he's God, but he's not really God. You know, not mm-hmm. just is this sort of little baby that is trying to control everything and trying to set himself up as a God. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Lane is like the... Uh, She's literally like the Logos, right? <laughs> she yeah, yeah, illuminates yeah, yeah. the world and destroys the Demiurge. Yeah, and then and then she becomes closer to God in the end by being a kind of passive observer, right? Yeah. That's that's the whole thing is that like they bring it up in the show several times, which is like, well, am I God? Uh, if you mean the guy who created this whole universe, then no. Uh, and if you, uh, you know, if you think that I'm like this kind of omniscient thing that sees everything, uh, well, maybe, yeah, maybe that. Right. So, uh, I, I just, I really, I love the way this show handled its conception of God and spirituality and the idea that, uh, Lane in particular as a liminal character who exists between the, like, the two worlds finally finds a kind of peace by uh, just killing herself <laughs> and fucking off as is the tradition, I guess. Is, is the implication that her dad is supposed to be like a manifestation of like the capital G God? I don't think so. Nah, I didn't see that. There's that last I, scene, you know, where she's like in the right. sky, like eating mm-hmm. breakfast with him. And he's just sort of like, because he seems right. like he genuinely cares about her and he's kind of the one that pushes her into like doing all this stuff mm-hmm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think her dad is more of a, well, I mean, it could be right, but I think her dad is more of a skin that she puts on different things that she's talking to. Oh, okay. Yeah. You he's know the I mean? only one that like shows any warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him There's and this particular kind of discomfort that they, it drill you with where it shows the dad and the the weird pilled out mother like making out 
and like her like sitting on his lap for, for like a while. I don't, it has like the least sexy kind of sexuality with, ever. Yeah, with her yeah. weird lineless like pink fish lips. Like the mother character really stuck with me because I don't even know what they were like saying with like uh, you know what? Oddly, she was the hottest character to be yeah. in the whole show. Like <laughs> I was just like, that's the one I like. I like that one. <laughs> just doing the dishes. Not saying shit, looking good. <laughs> and then I come home and we make out and, you know, we tell the kids to go to bed. Yeah, the out. ideal woman with her yeah. like fr- yeah, frizzed the, the, out, humid hair. Yeah. Well, you're watching a show full of like eighth graders, right? So there's not a whole yeah. lot to look at. And it, it's hilarious to me how obscenely it sexualizes every adult woman in the show, whether it's the the guy who was like the night, uh, the night's secretary, or the uh, the other night woman who has a kid who's like always playing the spider jet game, and they're always like this huge tits and ass, right? But the real hottie of the show is the mom who just does the dishes, doesn't say shit, and then just wants to make out with the dad, right? Which is anime speak for suck his dick, right? If it yeah. wasn't anime, it would just be suck his dick, and then I'd be like hundred percent on board i was actually that. surprised how many hot adult men there are in this show because the dad's pretty hot the teacher is hot and then also the blonde agent dude who smokes the cigarette in the car is who really loves hot. lane he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> didn't expect that yeah so so like what how about outfits what's your favorite outfit in the show because i like that when lane uh loses her inhibitions she wears a slip a, a mm-hmm, white slip mm-hmm. like madonna <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like yeah. a prayer video <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> favorite outfit in the show like lane favorite lane outfit or just favorite outfit? i don't know any outfit I really like the men in black guys. I love their goofy little goggles that they wear with the lasers on them, which seem Mm. to completely get rid of the point of them trying to be stealthy. I I like the crazy guy who wants to be one of the knights uh, who ends up dead in a ditch. And he's like, the the fucking Oculus Rift on. He's got the Nintendo (laughs) Virtual Boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's cool to me. Also, uh, the the guy who works in Siberia, the club that they all go to, um, like kind of the older, the DJ guy, Mm -hmm. like that's a cool fit, man. Yeah, that's a a, Parappa the Rapper type late 90s. (laughs) uh, Jamiroquai. He is Parappa the Rapper. No, he's yeah, Parappa Jameer the Rapper. Yeah, type like DJ hotness, you know, like yeah, the cigarette in the mouth. Virtual insanity. Yeah, Siberia is the best location in this. Uh, yeah, I, I really love Siberia. It's the, and it's got the best music, and there's like kids drinking, I don't know, milkshakes or something. But then also they, people, the, yeah, there's like children drinking milkshakes. That I was watching that part with the subtitles, and the subtitle was like they play really hardcore, heavy techno music for cool kids like it's pretty <laughs> awesome and the the drugs which kind of seem to be abandoned later on like so much is made of those those uh philip drugs that they take yeah, at the yeah, beginning yeah. right um, right yeah tarot tarot had my favorite fit with the bucket hat and the lime green jacket yeah mm-hmm. i was like shit that's me um what do we think of Lane's signature forelock? 
I hate I, it. I hate. I personally wanted to cut time. it off. It made me really. I mad. hated that shit. I, that's, I, it it's looked like, like a turd. Like no, I, it's, just, it's just it's weird. Like, this, it's, if it's, I saw it's, a girl with this in real life, I would uh, straight up go and cut it off. It, no, no, I that that actually my OCD was driving me nuts with this. Yeah, with, like with that shit. Like I I could not stand the lock. Just the the one stupid fucking uh, blowing around. Yeah, with the weird little like tie thing, like so she doesn't wash that part of her hair. So it's, Gross. it's it's one it's one dreadlock. It's like, come on, girl. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> infuriating the whole time. I was super distracted. Mm-hmm. That was exactly my haircut at like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> just intended to make people mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just wanted to piss people off. I think we said last time you came on the show or might have been when we came on perfume nationalist uh that i had like this uh faggoty phase but my intentions was to just be like just to make people mad like <laughs> did you have a chelsea haircut like that yeah. it's long in the front and short no i back. did i did <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice my brother keeps uh keeps kodak pictures to show people when he's mad at me he's like this is what kelby looked like like god damn it how do you have all these serial experiments kelby (laughs) (laughs) um i like the mcdonald's scenes with the slightly inverted mcdonald's logo like the idea of a bunch of japanese schoolgirls going to eat mcdonald's and looking at their bizarre flip phone technology is that what that was that was a mcdonald's I didn't get that. I mean, it had like golden arch. It, they were like upside down or something. But oh, I yeah. didn't get that. I must have been. I don't know. Yeah, I was, just, I was too in the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's good. No, I um, yeah. This was um, it was just totally uh, transporting. I think I I just my my whole consciousness. I had a dream after I watched this show in like a binge sitting where um this like drug dealer who looked like the the voodoo priest from predator 2 guys remember that yeah maybe not mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. came up to me with an ipad and he started showing me other dreams that i'd had before which you know i can go back in my dream journal i do keep a dream journal uh and like show where these happened but he was like showing these dreams to me uh, in 4k on this ipad he was like is this you is this you which one is you which one of these dreams is you so it really fucked me up dude like this it got under my skin i think it got under my skin in a, a like general depressive way mm-hmm. where you're just staring at depressed emo like sanctifying the kind of depressive anime emo mindset for so many hours and um like sanctifying your own like negative emotions about yourself rather than growing through the hero's journey <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. just kind of like actually it's gonna save the world how depressed i am like you know <laughs> that kind of thing it had a kind of a watching it in 2022 like i was thinking a lot about the ai and transhumanist angles that I don't think they were prepped to be predicting or commenting on back then, but it had a lot of that, like what makes a human. 
at the end when she's like, you know, trying to explain to Alice that, you know, you're, you are your conscious. You're more than just this, like, you know, flesh and bone shell. And she's like, no, no. Like what? Like I'm a person because I'm alive. Cause I'm, right. you know, in a body yeah. and, and that kind of lane ends up agreeing with her. She's like, Oh, really? Okay. Bet. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but then like, I don't know. It kind of like, I've always been super anti-robot. I'm like Will Smith and I robot who's like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my face. Um, but it brings up an interesting question from like an animus perspective of like in a world where God is like almost snuffed out by society at large, like just the idea of any kind of spirituality, any, any flavor, um, especially like capital G God, like any kind of religion or attachment to ritual. And it's like, you can't get rid of God. So he's going to show up in some form or fashion, right? Like, and if you're creating these uh, other forms of sentient life, God might try to slip in there. And I, and then I got to thinking about like the, the AI that they start creating that um, they have to like pull the plug on because it'll invent its own language. And I get there's like, you know, mathematical reasons that that would happen because it's more efficient to shortcut, you know, the communication or whatever. But then I was like, I don't know. Is that like, uh, is there well, an angle? like you know what I, you know what i'm kind of getting at like theorizing i don't even know if i believe in myself but like i think it's a good question and i feel like this this is a ren question <laughs> i mean i was actually what kelby was talking this made me think about the fact that there was this long thread recently that i saw about those you know those like ai image creation programs how yeah. this one guy had discovered that they had like a consistent internal language that it was, it like created its own language and that like certain words that would show up would like reference specific things like birds or insects. And they were like trying to sort of map out what that language was. And they were like, you know, there were like reasons for this happening, but from in like animus says, like, it's almost like you have any sufficiently complex system, like intelligence sort of uh, coalesces out of that, you know, like, I mean, I guess it depends on your, your metaphysics, right? Like, I'm the kind of person who thinks that, you know, the world is inspirited and that people have souls and that lots of things have souls and that you don't necessarily uh, need a body to have a soul, but that there are certain advantages to, like, having a body and being embodied. Like, that. I was glad at the end of the show, like, when, when Alice, like, tells her that, like, uh, I was glad to see that in there. I wish they'd driven that a little more, but... Um, Cause it's this constant refrain throughout the entire show. Like, Oh, you don't need a body. Bodies are meaningless. And like, that's an incredibly like sinister idea. Like I hate mm-hmm. all the transhumanist mm-hmm. stuff about like, Same. Oh yeah. no, you're just a, you're just a machine. You're just a biological mm-hmm. robot. You don't have a soul. You don't even need a body. You don't need your body. Give us your organs, you know, let us harvest you. <laughs> that type of stuff never like scares me so much mm-hmm. because it just seems so corny because we see yeah. the sorts of people who are into the like transhumanist sort of ideas and it's just like potato shaped gender blob 
yeah. you know, anime fans online. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's sad. They eventually realize they have a body and it's like too late or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that doesn't scare me as much as just like puritanical human nature, human nature, like um, uh, sort of witch hunt mindset and religious thinking that we've seen throughout the 2010s, like because um, basically, you know, we're talking about what happens when God leaves. Well, in the last 10, 15 years since God has left, people have constructed an, an alternate religion of worshiping black people uh, called social justice. Um, and that intersects with the problem with AI because every time they make sophisticated AI, they can't prevent it from becoming racist because racism is just like common sense so like <laughs> they just they just can't stop the robots from becoming racist yeah no that, that, that I, I feel like though that the a lot of the problems with the social justice stuff and the replacing a god with um these kind of ideologies which i think you're right about um I think it does come, I think that there's like a synthesis between what Ren's saying, what Jack's saying, right? Where there's, you know, just this, these people don't think that they are really alive anymore, you know? Like they're exactly the, the Michael Jackson God at the end where it's, <laughs> right. it's like they're claiming Godhood, but when he and Lang get into it, he's like, wait, God is real? Like he doesn't actually believe that shit. It's just this mm-hmm. made up facade that's like packaged into an avatar, right? Packaged into uh, social justice, um, packaged into you can't argue with me because I called myself the good guy. So by default, you're evil to come against me. And it's like underneath it all, it's like you're, you're a soulless Akira blob and you're, mm-hmm. you're gray. You're right gray deformed they all have this complex that they can like transcend the flesh like they can transcend their 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 chromosomes you know or anything Mm -hmm. about themselves and it's like instead of just like embracing what you have and who you are and the fact that like you have a body you have this delusion of like control over your body right right control over your body control over your reality and it's it, it's this inversion of uh, reality being, you know, something. Well, uh, God, I mean, you can shape your reality. This gets really complex, right? But like th- this idea that if you just complain hard enough on Twitter, reality <laughs> begins to shape to who you actually are, and it just doesn't, right? Like everybody can see through it, and if you know, they're kind of like giving you encouragement online. They're lying to you. Uh, there, there is a thing, right? There's like a, there's a, there's a fundamental thing to all this that has to do with being a, I don't know, a flesh and blood person, a person with a body. It's about like how you're perceived. Like, I think that that's what the people miss is that, and that's something that Lane brings up, right? Like Lane, isn't a singular entity because she kind of varies based on who's perceiving right. right and you can create your own reality but it's not by doing anything to yourself it's it's like by 
like reality as it's experienced by other people regarding you is based on their like impressions of you and like how they see you. Yeah. Not Lane talks about that, right? Yeah. Lane, Lane brings that up. Like you're only the memories people have of you. That's when they deliver the Proust reference uh, when she's in the sky drinking tea with her father says this would taste good with a Madeline, which is oh, what yeah. triggers the rem- remembrance of things past uh, mm-hmm. Proust memory, uh, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But that's but that's key, right? It's like you're 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 in a network. You are, you know, past, present, future. All that's sort of a product of how we perceive things, rather than a, a reflection of real reality. Um, you know, you are you are how people remember like this is a this is a common thread in a lot of you know ghost stories and things like that it's it's very prominent in uh, mexican uh you know cosmology right that's why we like they have the day of the dead uh where they remember their ancestors because if you don't remember them then they disappear and and that's but it's it's cool because it's like it's seeing yourself as part of a web that depends on other people's perception of you to be an actual thing. And I think that where we're at now is this completely solipsistic, narcissistic, uh, internal, like who I am is who I am. And everybody just has to remember me this way. And when you die, people are going to remember you in their own way. And so all the complaining you do online doesn't really matter the like projection of like what uh like the inverse of that is kind of like the projection that they put onto how they want to remember you like you know the the opposite side of that coin is like these other people on the internet saying no this is who you are this is who you are like how jack was saying with the worship of black people like i'm most of my life is like black people and I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't see a real life worship for like by any means, but um, all this online, like catering to this image, we've seen it in a re like with a, a person that we don't got to get into this shit about because we had to bleep it out of the last episode, but <laughs> this, this person who is praised as being a, uh, the brown avatar of you know current nyt bestsellerdom is like a total in real life a fucking fraud and like exploiting real you know you want to say it this time kelby i promise i'm promising on the show say say whatever you want start some fights (laughs) it's It's fun fun to use your platform to start some i've I've given this a lot of thought dude and (laughs) i feel like you have a good good point like i i i personally i personally make money from this person's book sales but but go ahead it's just it's like you I've put so much <laughs> I've put so much fucking thought into like trying to watch my mouth. This guy got like, under your skin, dude. He got under your like, skin. He bothers you. Because it's harmful to the image of real life. It's doing that exact demiurge. Like he's the fucking demiurge of mm-hmm. like, you know, projecting this hey, everyone who disagrees with me is a racist. 
actually were from like bro everybody in the real hood that you claim to be from is like like can't have a voice because of you pretending that you're this pseudo gangster like criminal background that nobody can actually research but we can what we can pull up what we can find bro is that you've been living in mansions and posh neighborhoods your whole life because your daddy's half a million Spanish dollar condo half million dollar condo that's in your that's in that's, your wife's that's, by name. the way by the way that's 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 three blocks away from the government housing that he claimed that he's from in that new york times album or album what am i saying uh article <laughs> okay album. lane is from this this feeds into it because lane is from this moment where there was such like optimism and like high hopes about the internet and where it could Mm -hmm. go even though it's all sinister about it there was still like this kind of expectation that people would still be normal because no one could foresee the 2010s and now we're literally living in the dark ages but worse than the dark ages because the dark ages would have been more liberal and fun than what we're currently living under um Mm. we're living in the dark ages and it's all because of uh liberalism spread through the internet as a false religion and so this is why this kind of like transhumanist overlord genius types don't scare me so much because look how fundamentally stupid and beholden to superstition human beings actually are like we've regressed so far we'd achieved everything in the 20th century that would ever be achieved and we're in the decline and we're in the fucking middle ages right now in terms of understanding of humanity human sexuality race anything at all um so until we get out of this, which I don't know that that's ever going to happen, um, we're just moving through this uh, internet sludge, highly censored, religious, super, social justice, superstitious internet sludge that really is only threatening in the capacity that it has to stir up little witch hunts, which everyone gladly participates in to keep their own reputation clean. I think there was this real idea of like utopianism um, in like early, the early internet culture, especially like with the cypherpunks and like, you see it reflected in media like Lane, like they talk about this idea that if, if only everyone could communicate without boundaries, like everything would be better. Like mankind would uh, attain some kind of like uh ancient man ability to communicate with everyone uh like you see this too in like uh, other anime it's like a popular trope in anime because like it, it's the one i'm thinking of is uh mobile suit gundam there's this whole idea of like the new type right like this people who spend time in space are able to like communicate and understand people's emotions without like having to use words or whatever and this idea of like this mass communication enlightening us as a species um is something that i think is totally fallen on its face because in reality everybody being able to communicate with each other without boundaries has simply caused everyone to constantly seek out everyone else's dirty laundry and to like sort us into like these little groups that all we can instead of like coming together or understanding each other 
um, we just create our own realities that we like just retreat into. And like absolute social terror at all times. Like everything mm -hmm. is just inflicted on the population through your constantly shifting notion of a social credit score. Um, and the vast majority of people are too cowardly and too dumb to see beyond that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's only possible because of the internet, like because yeah. of communication, it, like it, it really is a, a fucking cage that we've put ourselves into as a species. And it's gotten even worse because of two years of being told that you're only allowed to live on the internet from COVID. So every, like, mo like, regular people who didn't see through that um their brains are just completely fried and they can be told that anything on the internet is real you know because mm -hmm. they think it's like a moral good to just be a, a apartment dwelling person who never interacts with reality and only gets it through the approved channels of the new york times or whatever um, yeah. So you can tell them anything. You can just fill fill their empty, fried little heads with these narratives, and they, you know that's why we're in the dark ages. Dude, yeah, when, I when mean, you, like God. that's why I brought up the conspiracy stuff earlier. Like in the more conspiratorial, conspiratorial moments, I think like this was the purpose of the internet to fucking begin with. Like from its yeah. very inception, it was so meant true. to be like a way to manipulate like mass psychology. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. that's true by the way i want to mention i first heard it from jack on tpn the fact that covid feels synthetic so i had covid i caught covid watching nope in a movie theater <laughs> and then i went through the whole covid thing and dude it's like it's like lane uh you know like a computer just picking out symptoms of diseases and just like applying them to you so it's like it feels okay, like dude, you ingested that uh, that drug in the the little microchip dude, drug with the claws yeah check it out like so i got it and it was like okay today you have chills uh today you have diarrhea today you have a cough where you're like hack like it was like every day you have day. back pain today you have you know uh, bro i had leg pain Random, uh, yeah, like completely it, random. It's like, like the carousel my, of symptoms, carousel of WebMD symptoms. I was like, this is the fakest shit I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And you can this taste is 100%. It. I mean, it meant, feels but, like you took like a Benadryl or something. Yeah, and it yeah. tastes I'm, metallic. Bro, listen, I, I fucking, I got that shit like uh, at this point a month ago and I'm still kind of feeling it. It's still, it's kind of like lingering, like long COVID. I get what people mean. It's mostly just, being a pussy but uh but there's also there there is this like lingering sense of like okay so today i uh get bro check this out one day i just had like tingling in my fingers that was the symptom like dude what mm -hmm. is that what is that nature nature doesn't make that we're just like one day your fingers tingle like you, like they fell asleep Right. It doesn't make and any the, sense. The mutation of your sense of smell, I don't that doesn't seem when I lost my smell. like to have a precedent at all where it makes everything I taste and smell like centipedes or like burning styrofoam. Dude, I, <laughs> I lost my sense of smell uh a few days after the rest of the COVID symptoms subsided. 
So the disease was apparently over with. And then all of a sudden I couldn't smell anything. And I ate a quesadilla from Taco Bell and it tasted like plastic. Yeah. What is that? What is that? That's bullshit. It feels feels like you've entered some like fake matrix dimension where the food doesn't have flavor. No, I hate, I hate COVID so much. Like that, that was easily my, and I've had super intense flus and infections and shit, you know, like I've been to the hospital, whatever, same as everybody else, but COVID See the disease itself was not what bothered me when I got it. It was just the societal oppression. Uh, So as soon as the societal oppression started lifting, I didn't care about it anymore. It's just the mask. It's just the insanity and other people. Once, once the fanatics were kind of being laughed at and were out of control, I cared about it less, but like the month that I spent with the actual illness, it was, it was not bad. (laughs) <laughs> since i like this it's not it's not taking bad. Benadryl. it's not bad where like you think you're gonna die yeah but it does suck and mm-hmm. I, I fucking hate it but i was um the whole and bro the whole time too when i had it i was uh i was such a covid denier at first and then like a covid <laughs> apologist after that i was like now that i have it i can't die from this shit I can't be one of these guys. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be one of these guys that it gives me like a heart attack or some shit like. That. I know, me but, too. That's why I just refuse to believe that I can die from it or the vaccine or anything related to it. Just like pure mm-hmm. willpower. I'm like, I'm not going to die from this shit. I, I, I don't, don't have the vaccine, care. and I never will. I never. Will I got it. I don't care. It's not going to kill me. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, it not, and it won't. And it won't because be a lot of this that. shit is a lot of this shit is psychosomatic. I saw. Every time I'm in fucking Walmart and I see somebody roll by on a scooter, I'm like, I I do not die before that person dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though the vaccine, like, I got it too, so I'm like, I'm not saying not to get it or whatever, but like, I just there was like a Reuters fact check article that came out the other day, um, where it was like correcting some study out of Vietnam that had like one third of like people aged 12 to 17, like men or, you know, boys aged 12 to 17 mm-hmm. had like cardiac problems after getting their second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a fact check thing to correct it, that it was actually only one in six, but making mm-hmm. that out, like that's an acceptable number. Well, and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. The, and regardless of how many people know about the, total artifice and bullshit of the covid societal construction they're going to use that to deplatform inconvenient people from the internet forever like even though everybody's you know pretty much every normal sane person is aware that something was deeply wrong with those two years and what you were told mm-hmm. they can still use that technicality to throw you off the internet if you if you're spreading you know what they call misinformation i lost all my friends like whatever platform i thought that i had (laughs) until agitator like we're kind of coming back now but there was a (laughs) there was a real fun deplatforming moment because i was just like completely anti-covid dude i'm it's not fucking it's not even though i've had it 
it's not fucking real. It's not no, real. and that's what they said to me when I got it in December 20, 2020, and that was like the peak of hatred against me, or like <laughs> before I knew how to deal with it. They were all like, Oh, Jack has COVID, but he was going all year saying it was not real. And it's like, no, I explained exactly how it's not real, that the constructions around it are not real, uh, that there there was an actual disease or whatever. But yeah, they use that against me. But right now it's like, I'm just 35 and so much of my youth has been taken away first Mm -hmm. by Trump derangement syndrome and then by COVID. (laughs) I lost all my friends during Trump in 2015. Mm -hmm. I, you know, made peace with that. Then COVID came along. That was two years. (laughs) Lost, it lost even more of an ability to communicate with normies. And now I'm like emerging from this 35 and like, I don't care. I just want to party. Like, just leave me alone. (laughs) Like, I, I just want to hang out with people that I like and like get wasted. And, um, you know, it's really this, this liberal shit has taken away like, uh, so much of my youth and it's not my fault either. I know they, they're, you know, trained on me to say like, but it's actually your fault. No, it's not my fault. That's true because, like, the TDS was what, like, eight years ago now. Yeah, it was. It was like a lifetime ago. <laughs> was that everybody was told, instructed by the New York Times to go through and eliminate anyone who uh, did not support the Democrat Party line from their life. I mean, if there's any ray of hope in that, it's that like it, it seems at least that most people have gone completely back to normal. Like I've been going to a lot of like music shows and stuff and nobody's fucking wearing a mask. Right. Like, that's good. You'll see like one or two perverts wearing a mask. But like, yeah, they look like perverts. That's why I don't care about anything anymore. I'm like not even angry because it's like, it's like a bad dream that never happened. Yeah. Um, but it was the this, worst I thing just... that's ever happened in my life to like when I actually had to still go to work and I was forced to wear that mask. Like, I don't, I'll tell this people crazy forever. Fantasy. It's the worst thing. I... Dude, I was in traffic the other day. I had this crazy fantasy. I was at a stoplight and somebody pulled up to me. It was this, uh, it was a dude who was like my age and he was wearing a mask in his car, right? And I had this crazy fantasy of taking the little like 38 Taurus that I keep like on my left side and just shooting him in the head just killing him. <laughs> oh man you're gonna get that spotify flag for this <laughs> god, god damn it what was it my internet fell out as soon as you said my crazy fantasy. <laughs> they're they're like kelby don't need to hear this shit as soon as they started doing those uh covid flags on spotify which who listens uh-huh. to podcasts on spotify still it's really chilling uh i was like thank you like oh, most most people apparently but i'm like that's fucking weird it's complicated to listen to yeah but like even like my most innocent episodes like some of which happened before covid they would have the like click here if you think you're being exposed to misinformation <laughs> you know like- i think people who are like total co like covid idiots or you know it- it's it's you know the year of our lord 2022 we're in august and and you're still wearing a mask in public i think you should be shot yeah that's that's what i think 
I, I, I mean, it, it's done. Your genetic line is done. Like, no. <laughs> you, you I mean, I don't withstand. even bother me anymore. Like, I just call it like the liberal hijab now. It's like some people are wearing it not because of any Ooh, reason to wear it. They're just wearing it because like it's like a religious thing at this point for them. Oh, it's wear. a thing. It's a total thing. It can be like, yeah. oh, I was out in public and I was the only one wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It's like, good. I hope you I, I literally hope you die in it. I hope you die in that mask. I actually I don't mind if they wear it because I like being um notif- like libtards identifying themselves so yeah. graphically that I know to like not even regard you as a human. <laughs> you're a, you're an insect and you're gonna work against me. So <laughs> you the, look whole, like an the insect. whole narrative arc of COVID has been weird to me because like like when it fir- when I when I first heard the stories coming out of Wuhan and I heard that like it had an incubation period of two weeks. And that it was like transmissible by like particles, whatever in the air. I was like, okay, it's going to be everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. because there's people who are going to get on planes and not know they have it. And it's going to be all sure. over the world. Yeah. And this yeah. was back when they were like, oh no, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be contained in Wuhan. And, you know, there were no cases in the US yet. And like at that time, like since I knew what was coming down the line, because my dad, like, I don't know, I have this weird like prepper dad who, basically like my entire childhood convinced me that like a world ending like Stephen King the stand type you know uh, pandemic was going to happen at any moment so I've Mm -hmm. kind of been like waiting my entire life for this to happen Mm -hmm. so I immediately like went out and bought like N95 masks you know just from the hardware store um Mm -hmm. before because I knew people were going to rush to go get them and I was like wearing the mask um before it like anybody was because at that point i was like yeah there's there's no vaccine we don't know anything about this virus and it's transmissible by the air like yeah it's like probably something i should be concerned about but once like you know more research came out about it and we understood it better like um by that point i was like okay well i don't need the mask anymore but by that point the mask had become this almost like tribal signifier for people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was yeah. back, I remember back at the start of it, like they were telling people not to fucking wear masks. Dude, you know? I remember, cause I was just like, I, was, uh, I wasn't I was as smart as you. And I was just like a complete COVID denier <laughs> from the beginning. I was like, mm. this shit is fake. It's not real. I remember I was living in El Paso and uh, I was going to the gym and the grocery store or whatever. And my friends were texting me worried, right? Mm. They're like, bro, you're in the, cause I would like, you know, you, you post gym pics or whatever. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, dude, you're in the gym. You're not wearing a mask. And I'd be like, shut up, bitch. I'm good. <laughs> the reason why I'm not going to catch COVID is because I'm in the gym right now. I'm good. And to be fair, I didn't catch COVID until I had a fucking kid and spent mm-hmm. a year and a half taking care of a child instead of working out. So yeah. there is that. I mean, I, I still think I haven't had it yet. And I still think it's because of nicotine. Cause there was like that, that study came nah, out. I vape, like, bro. I vape. See, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just lucky. <laughs> I, I, I do vape. I I've seen the, the nicotine where like, there's a, there's an offshoot of nicotine that's like related to niacin. Niacin's the big thing. I think with, uh, with COVID, I think that if you, if you take some like knack when you get, when you get COVID, I think that's the, I took knack and, um, uh, ivermectin when I got it mm. and the main COVID symptoms were gone in like 24 hours. Now I'm just dealing with like the, all the dumb programmed in bullshit 
you know. Have you busted? Have you been able to bust? Uh, I did. I actually, I did bust recently. Yeah, yeah. I know Hell we've had yeah. some talks about like me not busting recently. <laughs> my bro I is did, back. I did, I did Do you use bust. my pointers. Uh, well, the busting was was masturbating, uh, because I uh, I haven't had when when we had sex uh before I got COVID. That was in Dallas. That would have been uh damn almost a month ago now shit yeah i i had to take matters into my own hands at that point like it was it was getting too crazy (laughs) congratulations um thank you jack i'm very pro masturbation a friend which at this point is a fringe internet ideology being uh pro masturbation no i think masturbation is cool yeah people who don't (laughs) i think it's it's the the hottest form of sex is just a guy alone so you know it's it's very Mm -hmm. it's very uh depressing when i see that being demonized all over the the internet um i I like you saying that actually because like for me the hottest form of sex is actually the blowjob right uh it's it's not actually the the sex Mm -hmm. so um I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people dig the whole like, you know, dick and pussy or ass or or whatever. But like, I, I have know. I have no time for no fap. I was into that like right when it, at the peak of it, like in 2018, and I have an actual physical copy of Your Brain on Porn by uh, what's his name, David Wilson. Um, yeah, and then just seeing that kind of yeah, the dominant kind of anti-sex uh ideology but whatever that's another story for another time um mm-hmm. i'm just happy that you jerked off but um yeah well it's yeah and it's not like it's not a thing for me you know like it's not like oh i can't i can't jack off because of imaginary or... rules that i got from online <laughs> from the yeah. internet for <laughs> so me for me I wonder, like, for me i dude, it's wonder like... how many of those guys who are like no fat guys actually don't masturbate well the act of posting about it is always masturbation in itself oh that's a really good point that's a really good point but for me because when they stop they're like three days fab free (laughs) you know like my life is so much better i've met eight thousand girls and i own my own house after three days of not masturbating no the only only healthy way to do this is the way that i do it which is like for me like porn and whatever is it's it's like it's just you get to a point and you got to do it you know yeah and it's it's just like it's like going out okay it's a it's a it's literally another uh chore to to be fair it is a really cool chore right to like watch some you know bimbo with double d implants you know uh, get face fucked like that's cool in a vr right? headset Maybe, like <laughs> it's 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 cool but at the same time it's like yeah you just you just do it and then you keep going but yeah the no fat people are all fucking retarded i have no it's patience stupid. i've been nice about it the last few years you know like, like a lot of things i've been like nice about but like really i just like don't give a fuck anymore you know um 
But yeah, we're gonna bust, be seeing. We're, bust, we're, we're gonna be seeing incels dying of blue balls in the next <laughs> few <laughs> years. If you have to bust, then just bust. There's a beautiful <laughs> technology out there called the internet, and like for me, it's it's uh, it seems really strange because it it takes me like ten minutes. Like I call, I literally just press a button on my phone, and cool stuff pops up on my feed and i scroll and i'm like okay that one's cool and then i'm good you know like yeah no it's muscle over. plus a release yeah. it's like yeah. sneezing <laughs> it is like sneezing yeah exactly God. exactly happy marriage i've been married for uh oh god 15 years now. wait but your one instance of masturbation didn't end that I've been told online that if you ever touch yourself, then you know no woman will want you. No, dude. No, me and my wife, like the whole thing, it's so funny because like we'll be like, I'll be like, hey, you wanna uh, you know, and she'll be like, nah, I'm good tonight. I'll be like, all right, bet I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And she's like, okay, cool. <laughs> and, then, and then we're all happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. You know, of course, too, it's like, like you said, it's almost like a maintenance thing. And like, yeah, actually having sex with your partner, assuming that, you know, you're in a loving relationship where you actually care about each other. Like, it's like a whole thing. Like, it's going to be like, at least sure. like, even if even if you don't last that long, like there's going to be the postcoital, like hanging out or like whatever. It's like a mm-hmm. you had to set aside like an afternoon or at least an hour or two for it. Right. Uh, it takes but, time. But like, you know, just jerking off. It's like. 15 minutes you know there's no there's no lingering afterglow to like that you have to deal with it's not like taking a drug or anything it's just one done to me yeah, no like, fact just... is just yet another facet of anti-male hatred that manifests on both the left and the right um heterosexual culture really hates men hates everything about men wants to bind them up basically everything that you've they been do. told from feminism is true but about men this is so <laughs> it's true shirt. it's hair shirt people people do hate men though people hate people, men straight people hate people men hate, so like, much like plenty of gay guys i'm so i'm men. so i'm so tired of people hating men they just this hate is so they just want to stupid. torture them in any way possible and it's like oh you thought you could get out of this by jerking off no <laughs> yet another torture you know facet of torture where do you think that comes from though because like one thing that fascinates me about some of that like some of the alt-right stuff is like the focus on like traditional greek like the vaporwave you know uh, little dark age music videos where like there's like this real gaze on sculpted male physiques and stuff and so it seems like it's very pro-masculinity but then like you said there's almost like a a hate a self-hatred there is it like that they're not base napoleon or that they're not like the statue of david and therefore well they tell you that if you stop masturbating then that everything is in your control if you Mm -hmm. stop masturbating then you will be a homeowner you will get that great job Um, Mm -hmm. nothing in society is calculated and designed against you uh which is a total lie and you see whenever these e-girls pop up who parrot like right-wing talking points Mm -hmm. um it's all about like Every man should be making six figures. He should be a homeowner by age 25. And the reality is that 
everything in society is designed against you and it's designed yeah. to make you fail. They do not want to hire men. Um, the, everything is so corrupt from, you know, government on down, like they don't want to hire men for anything. It's not possible to just LARP and pretend it's the 1950s because everyone is working against you and they will hire a mousy brown haired woman over you any day at any job. Um, and, but there is, uh, I think hetero, heterosexual culture essentially worships women. Um, even in these like pockets, which are considered like misogynist, a word that isn't real, um, like heterosexual, heterosexual culture is united around the focus of women as being these all important beautiful mother goddess figures who control everything and everything is about their pleasure making a nest for them whatever very few people actually like men genuinely like men especially like physically um but yeah it's just this it's even in these supposed uh misogynist alt-right circles everything is about pleasing the woman everything is about the fantasy of the woman as being innocent uh everything is about women are incapable of evil and if they do evil they were like misled by evil homosexuals or jews or something so there was like there was a recent thing uh with um on the whole like you know you said you know misogyny a word that doesn't exist and i'm i'm largely with you but how do you feel about Andrew Tate? Who is that? I ha- I haven't been. Oh, keeping up he's with a, he's figures. like he's he's like an MMA dude who uh, does like uh, he got banned from all the platforms. He got Alex Jones on a lot of this shit, uh, yeah. and it was largely. But like I listened to some of the shit he said, and I was like, Ugh, no, me. I mean, that's kinda, as it's kind of intense. You know, I'm a, I'm a feminist, truly. Um, like it exists gay but the men way that. Are like- extremely feminist <laughs> what gay men are like the last true feminist yeah like uh i mean it's it's very true like i exalt uh women's like artistic creative achievements uh, in a way you that do i do don't that. see anywhere in straight culture you do um, that. um but yeah like it it exists there is genuine like gross hatred of women just as there is genuine gross hatred of homosexuals and gross hatred of blacks whatever but the way that that word has been utilized over the decades is to prevent any criticism of women on an equal playing field you know so whatever you say about women and and now it's especially schizo because women are totally in power like like women are actually in control and they have no limits to their power whatsoever and still uh, criticizing them in the way that you would criticize a man is considered misogynist. Hmm. And fucking Andrew Tate. I knew who he was like through his LARP ass financial kind of stuff that he does, like because he was big into like crypto and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy's such a fucking grifter. Like, he knows yeah. like the right words to say, but he's also a fucking sex trafficker too. So yeah, and he's he's literally living in a different country to avoid rape charges. <laughs> yeah, he's also a manlet. I mean, like he's really short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is he he's, hot? He's, he's built. He's he's built. 
He's his built. ears are too fucking big. I don't know. He's, he's not my. He's he's, he's oh, built, but I, I mean, I wouldn't. Weird. I wouldn't. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wood. <laughs> Wood. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, like he's 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 he's. I don't know. I I just I kind of saw some shit that he was saying. I was like, ah, yeah, that's kind of a line for me. I really loved what uh, Jack and and Barrett talked about on their crypto lib episode yeah i really i really feel like you guys were speaking to me because i think i might be a crypto lib i'm a crypto lib for sure i'm loud and proud baby i'm especially loud and proud about what a feminist i am these days i feel like crypto like i'm not even i'm not trying to be silly like i just i really i really think i might be a crypto lib it's just once you see it cool with that once you see how things are actually mapped out, okay, you're not a libtard. You're not dirtbag left, which is how I label all the like cringe dated alt-right opinions these days that are like, you know, really stale um, and puritanical. Uh, but being a crypto lib coming out the other side and just kind of like being normal and having common sense, I think that's the way to go. Because I kind of just, I like all the stuff that libs like you know like i like i like the aesthetic of it um i believe in the 90s kind of multiculturalism i mean the, I do. The people don't I do. know, like that's really well said man it's like it's all the all the kind of you know pie in the sky like all the kind of uh, utopian views of humanity like that's me like i'm i'm that it was yeah, accomplished i'm i'm a, I'm a, I'm a total yeah. like like john lilly terence mckenna uh crypto lib you know i'm a 60s like galaxy brain like hippie like that's what i am but but uh racial equality had been achieved multiculturalism had been achieved and then barack hussein obama brought it back (laughs) when he was elected for the prophet of the democrats so racism was reinvented Reinvented, and that's why why we are where we are now with this racially polarized country where you have somebody like me who's like, who, my dad is black, my sister's black, all my friends are black, uh, you know, and then I have Kelby, who's basically black, right? Honorary. <laughs> he's, he, yeah. he's an honorary black. Uh, and then it, it turns out because of some other things that I believe, I'm actually racist. Yeah, it doesn't, it actually doesn't make any fucking sense. Marching with the Klan, you know? And I was I was in that full on like you said like crypto lib late nineties. That's where I stopped basically. Well, they Barack Hussein Obama made it into a religion of worshiping <laughs> imaginary black slides, so he is entirely to blame. Democrats are entirely to blame. You have to understand what the Democrat Party is, and it's an evil serial experiments lane type organization high in the sky mm-hmm. that shape shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, when it doesn't have conflict to profit off of, it creates it. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's what—that's why racism was re- revived by Barack Hussein Obama. So I end up as a person who is essentially cool with everybody. Me too. And has and has like this broad, beautiful friend group, diverse, whatever you want to like, whatever buzzword you want to call it, who still ends up as a racist. 
It's really crazy. It's really, it's really fucking crazy, dude. But to bring it back to Lane, the Wired is not just a layer on top of the real world, or it's not like it's not the real world. So these people who think you're racist, they don't really exist. They're just they're those fucking static people with like one ear or like Mm -hmm. an eyeball Mm -hmm. or blackface lips. (laughs) Terrifying, terrifying. You know, like they fucking matter. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm going to imagine now. Whenever people talk shit, I'm just going to yeah. see the big black face. I mean, that's literally like... what's occurring. They don't have heads. <laughs> <laughs> they won't even show the real faces, right? Like all the fucking. Yeah. I'm so I'm so tired of uh, Avatar. Account. Oh, I'm so anti anonymity. I I can't even I can't even start. Yeah, my least popular talking point and the most important. <laughs> that i fucking hate anonymity no i think you should have to scan your government id and to post i don't care anymore my my name is james david osborne (laughs) that is kelby losak real people yeah no anonymity leads to evil inevitably i don't care i don't believe in any other outcome it only brings out the worst in everyone and people only use it to be like little demons so and i will go to the grave saying that nobody Mm -hmm. likes to hear it everybody likes thinking no man i love being a cool right wing guy with my identity you see the 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 fucking zero hp lovecraft post where he's like he couldn't let his he, he couldn't let his dad know that he was hp lovecraft that you know what i mean fucking fa- you know when he went on camp out the podcast like back in the old days uh you know 2019 mm. he used a voice modulator no dude listen listen oh, i used wow. to listen that's how much I of a pussy he bro, is bro i used to listen to uh, uh uh what was the fucking podcast it was a black dude anyway he would have a lot of guests on zero was one of them and then there was uh like mia the whole mia thing god uh which is like, like skinny little by far or something by far that's like the gayest shit i've ever seen in my entire life like i i don't i don't even want to know what's going on with that but they would come on and they'd be like <laughs> like all this fucking like voice modulation shit dude and it's like fuck off like <laughs> you don't know how painstakingly it had to be spread that it's actually cocked and repulsive to like not want to own up to your own words like these all right yeah. guys yeah. We're all across the board, just and Bap is still, you know, banging that drum because he's baby Jane and he's like mm-hmm. of the past and he mm-hmm. can only mm-hmm. exert control over people with his anonymity. But they all were totally humorless about it, dude. Your opsec, your opsec. Op- op- no, op-sec. actually, I've said you're whatever op-sec. I wanted for years and I've only you're succeeded op-sec. because of it because I'm not I'm a play- pussy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm applying for jobs right now. All I did was just like put my Twitter on private. Like that's it. Yeah, I know. Like I'll I'll be good. I'll be good. They're not gonna none of these people are gonna dig this shit up. They're gonna be like, can you do the job or not? Okay, cool. Yeah. There's people who don't have any fucking confidence in themselves, right? Like yeah. they don't have they are completely unwilling to like own up to themselves and like the image that they put out there. Like I've used my real name online for like decades. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't really don't give a shit what people think about what I say or what I do, like nobody's going to get me fired. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, like I, that's not something that's, that even crosses my fucking mind. It never and, occurred to me to be on, to, to, to use a pseudonym. It never yeah, occurred. Why would you, why would you lie? If you think what you're saying is true, it's just, it's just so 
they like the drama of pretending that they're so important that like the feds mm-hmm. are watching them and you know just some like 22 year old white guy uh yeah. being being cryptically racist online every there's a fed assigned to you okay you're that important um yeah they love the drama of like you know they could be doxxed so they can use that as a reason to like not do anything they they might not want to do uh because what i have a sister i have a sister who's in the fbi my sister's in the fbi and from what she's told me they're not looking at any of you i promise you so it's like important it's like it's like it's like an off like she'll call me and tell me stories and it's like an office space situation like it's it's literally just nobody knows what the fuck they're doing at the FBI. Yeah, maybe so. use some common sense if like someone, you know, a mysterious Pied Piper figure like Richard Spencer is telling you to like be at a protest <laughs> at a certain time. Maybe don't go Rich, to that. Richard um, Spencer's the Pied Piper. <laughs> that guy. Totally how uncharismatic. That, how, did, how did that guy how did that guy become a thing? You you just you just look at him. AstroTurf. Like, I mean, he's so boring to listen to. Like you how can you even get offended at any potential racism? Because it's so hearing, dryly delivered. I remember hearing uh, Richard Spencer on the Duncan Trussell podcast while I was a concierge at the at the towers in Portland, and uh, I was mopping the floor, and I listened to to Richard Spencer, and I was like, "This guy's an op. He's yeah. clearly an op. Like this, like this, like no other knowledge." I was like, "This guy's not real. He's not. He's not a real thing." And uh, and then didn't he go like crazy like Kamala Harris like he oh uh, yeah he's a like total a Democrat, Democrat which all the alt right guys will encourage you to vote for Democrats they've been doing that since mid yeah. Trump yeah. they were they got mad at Trump because he didn't immediately kill all the Jews um, so they got pissy and told you to vote for Democrats as a galaxy brain move and he's part of that <laughs> yeah like the yeah yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't kill all the Jews. Serial experiments, Richard Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Where he's got the one lock, he's got the... the (laughs) He's close. He's close with that fucking rooster hair. I could never find a picture of his ass. I feel like he's got to have a fat ass, but I could never... There are no pictures of him from behind. While everyone so, was hating, I was like, at least he might be useful as eye candy, but no such Jack, luck. Jack does love fat asses. I do love those thick thighed, thick thighed, overfed white boys. It's it's one of the things I love about you is that you're unapologetic about this, right? I saw a tweet <laughs> recently that was like, uh, I don't wait, maybe I can pull it up on my phone. No, that might take too long because I screenshotted it, but it was like it was some rando. You went on Red Scare and uh, somebody was uh, putting up a thing about like how the Red Scare conversation would go on. And then when it got to you, it was just like, oh, send me pictures of your dick, please. Oh, yeah, the Redditors were seething that I that I keep winning. That's but, predictable. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, look, we all like we know Jack. We love Jack and Jack loves dick. So what's the problem here? You said I'm yeah, saying like who, yeah, who who cares? But yeah, you know, seething anonymous redditors. Yeah. 
which is like it's that seems to me to be like literally most, burn me that, at the stake for liking men i don't care burn me at the stake bitch it's like the most pathetic life you could live you know well yeah because I'm, like, I'm, like like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take down jack take down like, jack the Per, Jack's, the guy Jack's, who's like nice and you know just talks about like yeah. art and stuff yeah yeah well yeah, that's, yeah there's yeah, a built-in it, it, it turns out it turns out jack just likes talking about art sucking and fucking like, <laughs> and that's cool man just, that's cool that's so much for like miserable culture. people <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool right if there was like a chick version for me there's not there never will be because straight culture is uh much different but if there was that version for me, I'd take it. Yeah, that's fine. yeah. I mean, I just don't care. I I, I don't care. Burn me at the stake. <laughs> Jack loves pictures of people's dicks. I sure do. And see, this is what happened before Barack Hussein Obama, right? Like this. Is like, yeah, this is, I mean, we were living in like a free, sexually free hipster wonderland <laughs> utopia before Barack Hussein Obama <laughs> ruined the world, man. That, All right. Yeah. No, that was literally like real life, like hanging out with a, uh, with your multicultural friends. You know, you'd have the one like openly gay pervert who's like, "Show me your dick." You're like, no. No, everybody <laughs> would do it. And everybody was wearing American apparel and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had a had a wallet chain for sure. Yeah. Everybody yeah. smoked. Yeah, everybody was smoking. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I will say that I actually I've met you, Jack, in person, and you did not try to rate me at any point. Which was a pretty yeah. <laughs> it's it's true i didn't yeah we just we we, we just kind of hung out looked at yeah. books ate food talked uh-huh. shit it was it was cool i'm still caught, caught me on a day when i was satiated the beast was satiated <laughs> otherwise i was I like just so fucking like... checked out of the rune soup stuff that i didn't even see that that thing was happening in austin otherwise i would have went but i was like you asked me like you were are you in austin this week and i was like what the fuck is he talking about then yeah, I looked man, it up. I thought, Somehow I totally missed that this thing was happening. I thought you'd be there. I thought you'd be there. Yeah, yeah I wanted we, to. We, we could all hung out. But uh, so I have not yet been raped by Jack, which is good. Well, we can change that at any time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jack is like, any time you want to get raped, dude, you're like six hours away. Just, just come over. Uh but uh, I was wondering about some a- a- any parting thoughts on Lean before we wrap this up. Um, I just it's such a grandfathered and classic that I was very happy to finally actually experience it. I can see why it's so beloved because it did. It certainly does not feel um, twenty five years old. Um, the images of old technology and pouty girls are quite indelible and timeless. Um, I sort of wish that it had spent a bit more time being uh, coherent and in the real world before delving off into the psychedelia, but um, it's fine. It's just different. Um, it gives you a lot to think about. I think I'll definitely like it more the second time that I watch it. Cause like the first time you watch things like these, it's kind of like when you're not quite used to it, 
it's more taxing but the the second time through when you know it's gonna happen you can like uh get a clearer analysis of it but i yeah i love it it's it's a classic yeah i uh i i really want to see this return to like archetypal art where which serial experiments lane is so much basically a biblical story full of archetypes and this like need to puzzle and figure it out uh is just this like uroboros of like pointless chasing your own tail that gets nobody anywhere and like actually appreciating art or bringing anything interesting to the table you just need to get right with god acknowledge the spirit within yourself and other people yeah i'm really glad that kelby said that because i do think that uh lane is an archetypal story and the issue is that people in the joseph campbell sense understand archetypal stories when it's archetypes from the past but i think what lane does that's really interesting is it's archetypes from our time and it was made in 1998 and just super ahead of its time but if you if you view it through a campbellian almost Jungian frame um I think that you can get a lot out of it and uh the the same way that Terence McKenna once said that the problem with an alien encounter is knowing when you have one the problem with an archetypal encounter is knowing when you have one and I think Lane was that I think it was very ahead of its time and uh fuck my whole shit up I might watch it again, might not. I kind of like watching things once and uh, just having that experience in my in my head because uh, I do have the, you know, growing up and going to the mall with my friends and always seeing Lane and Sam Goody. Oh, yes. Sitting there. It's always there with like, it's the, the purple Lane in front of the fucking, you know, chain link fence or whatever. Uh, so it was always there, but I never delved in. In so Barnes and I, Noble, in the really intimidating anime section, it was always there. It was always and the there. box that was really expensive then. Expensive, it must have yeah. been like sixty dollars or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where we're where we are now. Yeah. Uh, so I um I loved it, Ren. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's, it's a classic series, but I think like if people want more stuff by the same guy, like this came up um, on the episode we did about Moribito, like he wrote Moribito mm. and he's also written a lot of other stuff people have probably seen like the big O um, mm. and uh, I think he also, yeah, Digimon Tamers is like the other thing he's like super right, famous right. for. I haven't watched Digimon Tamers yet. I was going to watch that next. I was hoping to watch it before the show just to kind of get, because it's like infamous for being a mindfuck yeah. series. Yeah. For the listeners, like, can you just like tell us what happens with Digimon Tamers? Because it's, it's, I don't so- know. That's like, <laughs> all I know is it by like reputation. I've got to like figure it out because it's like, it's apparently, you know, the mm-hmm. super cutesy show, but it's like written by this guy and it starts out just like this, you know, show that's like Pokemon or whatever about monsters. And then it turns up in, into this like Lovecraftian cosmic horror. Yeah. Nightmare yeah. People start dying and like, 
yeah it's like it's a whole meditation on existence it's <laughs> like yeah. we're gonna have to like ren we'll have to watch digimon tamers and bring you back because yeah i need to watch it it's one i've meant to for a long time because um, i i love when people get a hold of ip and do mm-hmm. fucking crazy shit with that yeah IP. yeah and, and he's like just what... a, he's a big cthulhu mythos guy as well um mm-hmm. and apparently i mean i didn't know this before i was just like reading something about how his parents were um members of the anglican church so mm-hmm. maybe that's where some of the christian themes and his, his work comes out of but yeah i mean the, the big o especially is is a fun show that's has like a very mind fuck ending as well he's like that's kind of like his trademark so but yeah i would love to do a digimon tamers episode it's, it's such like an innocuous series and you wouldn't expect it to be like this I love that shit. insane like cosmic horror but apparently it is like when when somehow some psychopath gets a hold of ip that they're not <laughs> that they're not supposed to have a hold of and they do like you know the christ story or you know like <laughs> just randomly killing characters and having mm-hmm. an apocalypse happen that's that's uh, so appealing to me because i i kind of want to do that i, ca- I kind of mm-hmm. want to worm my way into some ip i don't know what ip it would be uh i want to like, do spider-man like, in houston <laughs> i want to i want to make an indiana jones book where indiana jones kills himself at the end of it that's that's <laughs> that's my goal that's like my creative goal oh, that's life. great have you seen that the puppet master movie directed by s craig zoller where it's like all racist <laughs> dude i have i have a blood vendetta against s craig zoller because he actually uh uh with receipts like ripped me off but yes, oh, no. I, would, I would love to the dangers that. of being a, a novelist, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's pretty funny what he did with that franchise. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, would definitely watch that. That's like the same thing. People get so pissed about the IP thing because I think a lot about um, like my friend Adam and he did like Death Note adaptation on Netflix mm-hmm. and like people fucking hated it. And I was like one of the few people I knew that like really loved it. And it's apparently like getting a renaissance now, but like yeah I, i'm in the same boat like i love it when you give an ip to somebody and just like let them do whatever the fuck they want with it instead of just making it like a straight adaptation or following any kind of you know guidelines about what it's going to be like luca guadagnino yeah. suspiria better than the original suspiria i am 100 so much more interesting true. yep yep you guys want to hear the s craig zoller story I yeah this yes. on the podcast. yeah, yeah. So I, I wrote a story that came out in a magazine called Barebone. It was Barebone 10. This was 2009. It was a long time ago. But it was about a bunch of uh, cannibals who abduct a woman. And uh, it's about the guy who goes looking for the woman, right? And eventually finds her, but she's already been eaten. So S. Craig Zoller was in this same indie scene, right? And so he was submitting stories to the same magazines and he was uh, trying to get published by the same presses that I was in. And then he comes out with Bone Tomahawk, which is a Civil War era story about a woman who's abducted by cannibals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And I remember... Uh, my publisher at the time telling me that uh, Zoller mentioned my story in his cover letter 
like to get published right so anyway like through through a series of fate he ended up getting bone tomahawk made which is a great movie i'm not going to talk shit about bone tomahawk because it's great but it's based on your story but bone tomahawk is basically my story made into a film and uh i don't know yeah now and i remember hearing a podcast of him where the question was posed specifically where did you get the idea for bone tomahawk he said oh you know sometimes ideas just come to you oh what a bitch there was always something (laughs) off about him he's my enemy now i'm on your side i was always like why do people like not talk that much about these like right-wing movies with big stars and uh yeah, yeah, being plagiarized in that way by some bitch. I mean, it's had been happening to me for like years at this point where people try to make a, a version of TPN with me censored out of it and they always right. fail. Yeah, um, it's never good. Yeah, the story, <laughs> the story, by the way, is called Amends Due West of Glorietta. It's it's available in books or whatever, and you can read and kind of see what I'm talking about. Pick it's up my blood it, it, and it's blind circuit. It's in our blind, it's, yeah, it's in our blood, it's blind circuit, but you know, like you don't have to buy the book if you just want it, I'll just send it to you. But you know, it's clearly like- Buy the book, the show is free. Fucking thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's all there and the, the, the timestamps are there on, on like when things were made and who was interacting with who. And so Zoller, I do, I do like, uh, I did like Dragged Across Concrete. I thought that was a good movie. Um, and I do like Bone Tomahawk. I, I like, like them mo- all. None changed my life. Yeah. It's I, like I, once I, you get it, where it's like, okay, we have this like, you know, right wing, you know, naughty dialogue about mm-hmm. inferior races or whatever. Mm-hmm, it's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a formula he has. They're effective. I, li- but. I, I like the movies. I just like, whatever. And I'll also, okay, when you see something like that happening, the poor unfortunate souls and the demons are ready to attack you for asserting that you did something first. You're the mm-hmm. nobody else is going to say it. They will erase the history. Uh, mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. say it. I always say it. And they always come at me like, I really, he's okay, but I really dislike how he always says how he did things first. Well, it's because I'm telling the truth. There's a record, bitch. Will. There's a record that contains all the evidence you need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's but, so narcissistic. He thinks he did everything first. No, I literally did in these examples that I'm giving you. Dude, and that's the <laughs> thing about the nar- like the narcissism thing for me is like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I I'm just kind of honest. Like, I own yeah, up to when things don't work true. and when things do work. When, when I see things- people doing like random kooky pairings of like you know media and then something else, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people that I know and have worked with and. And when I see them repeating like things that nobody was saying before me, you know, I'm, I'm super sensitive about that, it's, which is why obvious. I feel like, I feel like we mentioned you Jack in like every other episode of the show. Oh, like, thank oh, you. Yeah, I, I, heard I appreciate it. Whether it's like <laughs> you, you or Barrett or, you know, you know, I get a lot of my ideas from those people, but it feels, it feels weird for something to come out of my mouth that isn't me and not to like acknowledge that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always acknowledge all of my influences. Always have, you know. So it's, it's a good trait to have when people will cite their sources. Yeah. Um, all right, fellas. Well, this has been a good one. 
Thank you for coming. And I'm going to stop recording now. All right. Thanks so much, guys.